Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. News team, assemble! Bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com and all parties uh, elsewhere. Uh, welcome in uh, the entire crew. Uh, Bob will be here for softball talk just a little bit. Uh little treat for you today. Eddie, uh, Bob, and, and uh, George ran the show on the softball uh, part, portion of the show. That'll be coming up here in just a little bit, but we welcome in now. Uh, George's mic is not on, but he's here. So this is another owner's club meeting, I guess, without George, since he can't talk. Um, so Josh, Eddie, myself, uh, ready for uh, uh, softball to get going, and it is going. Uh, we've been uh, at camps a lot this week. Josh has been traveling back and forth uh, to Oklahoma. He'll be doing that again. Uh, just found out, like, the Baker Mayfield uh, camp is coming up at the end of the month. And I did, though, I did embarrass Josh this week. I couldn't, I couldn't help it. I'm just, you know, being an asshole to people. Uh, are we gonna are we gonna go into that story, or are we just gonna leave I that said, to hang? I mean, a I, bit? I, 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 when I say something to your face, like I'm trying to help you, like I'm trying. To, I'm, mm-hmm. I, my method may be crass, but I think I helped someone this week because it, we were out you, at camp, and uh, yeah, uh, Captain Four Hundred Five was out there. He's been to the office multiple times, uh, and you know he's an internet uh, or a Twitter recruiting reporter, basically. Uh, which, you know, guys got a lot to learn, long way to go. I thought I would just help him out a little bit. And I said, I just said, look, if you're going to be talking to high school kids, you can't go around using the pseudonym for a name because that gives off pedophile vibes. And that's what I said. To, and he was, he actually agreed. He was like, yeah, I know. I need to start using my real name. But we've seen people in this business before that have done the same thing. And most of them are jackholes. So stop there being are a people still doing that. Yeah, I know. Well, there's still jackholes out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like that. You're, you're right. Like, I and I will say, meeting him this weekend was my first time meeting him. Seems like a really good guy. Very you know, nice. N- nothing. Very nice. Meet but yeah. Guy. But uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things where I think of myself as very direct, and I I generally handle myself that way. Mm-hmm. But you sometimes will say things that even I'm like, oh my god, like that was because it was. There wasn't even like a hi, how are you? You just like went right. I've met him right before. He came it. here to the office. Like he's been, he hung sure. around. Like I showed him the whole get up and everything. He's he's been mm-hmm. here when I wasn't here. You know, with Eddie and <laughs> and George even. So, um, anyway, no, I, you know, I just speak my mind too much sometimes. Gets me in a lot of trouble, but that's how I am. That's who I am. So anyway, uh, outside of that. Any other awkward interactions with people? This, right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we 
or talking about that. Eddie, I don't, what, what would you rather talk about? Important things, important people, <laughs> so, anything but. <laughs> All right. Uh, so outside of that, uh, Josh is back in Houston. Uh, and uh, what are you heading back up here again Thursday? Thir- Thursday morning. Yep. I, I fly out. Thir- it's the only down and back trip of the whole camp cycle. It's because it's the only one day event. Everyone else is, you know, day on, day off, and then another day. This is the one kind of standalone um, camp. And I mean, so far, just starting to go over some of the names. Um, it, it should be a pretty solid day. I think the the headliner that I know of so far is Andrew Marsh, the, the top 100 receiver from Houston, um, that will be making the same trip I'm making. And uh, is you know, one of the top 10 receivers in the country, probably in his class, big time guy camped up there last year. So it's a good sign for Oklahoma to get him back and, you know, work out uh, with him at Jones a little bit. Now uh, let's go over, you know, a little bit of the camp that, uh, you know, we were all out a little bit here and there. I know uh, afternoon sessions sometimes get a little, you know, sparse, but the morning sessions, I, I was at both of those, they were both pretty good and a lot of new offers that were out there. I'll say this, like, uh, by the way, uh, met a couple of scoopers. One wearing the uh, Lindsay Street shirt. Uh, he was from. He's, he's like lives a double life in like New York and Florida. Uh, but I think he had a, a nephew or something that was camping, and another guy who had a son that was camping. Uh, really great dudes to sit and talk with. Uh, so, um, but it is really like you know we talk about how much how famous Eddie has gotten, Josh, and how he really can't go anywhere. Like you get your Eddie treatment when you're at a football camp because. Every parent, every coach stops you. Every it's like Brent Venables is out there, and he's got uh, J.R. Sandlin like coming to rescue him from getting hot box from people. You need a you need your own Sandlin. I don't know what we're gonna have. To, we're gonna have to work something out there. I I don't think that J.R. really has to stop Brent from being hot boxed. He has to save other people from Brent hot boxing them because we we all Probably know Brent him. can get into a thirty minute thing. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, it is, sorry, I have a child talking to me through the window of my uh, office door, so I have a lot going on. It's, it's an interesting time for me to pod. Um, but no, there is, um, th- there's no question. I mean, there's a, there was a lot of guys out there. I, I think, and Eddie, you can maybe weigh in on this, I thought there was as much of a crowd for some of these camps as I can remember. I have a lot more not just like parents and stuff, like just a lot of people in general kind of hanging around and seeing the practice. Yeah, I think so. There, I, there's just a bunch of people out there. And, you know, obviously when everybody yeah. gets into the indoor facility, there's not a whole lot of places to go. It's not the, uh, the, the, they don't cram sidelines. You yeah. You don't, yeah. A lot of cram sidelines. It, uh, you know, it is what it is though. I, I thought it was pretty good. I, I, I walked away not realizing how good some of the talent that was there or that maybe I should say mm-hmm. I didn't think that they were going to offer some of the guys that they did and that doesn't mean that they're not good players I was just surprised to walk out of that AM camp on Saturday morning and they go oh by the way they offered the 2026 Gregory Patrick kit and you know, it's one of those things too where Eddie, you know, like, we'll show tape of something. Right. And, like, they, if they watch that snap, they'd be like, how did this kid get an offer? Like, and so I've talked to Gregory uh, over the last 24 hours. 
he'd never played center in his life. Yep. I think Bill did it to see how he would respond, how he would take to 100%. coaching. Because, and I think part of that, Eddie, is like we talked about, like there hasn't been that day of big time defensive linemen yet. Like Colton Yarborough was there one day, mm-hmm. and he was there the same day Christopher Jackson was. That was, I guess, Saturday the 3rd. Um, and that, that was pretty good. Uh, but there, you know, like there, like that, that day last year when it was Nigel Smith, Williams, and Nary, and then he had another day where it was David Stone and, um, Zadavian Sims and, and, uh, someone else I'm still forgetting. So I mean, there were a bunch of big time guys on several different cycles. I still think we'll get there. We just haven't hit that day yet. So I, I think it's, um, it's really interesting to kind of see how that uh, that played out and kind of what they did there. But yeah, I mean, on Saturday, made you know we mentioned Gregory Patrick, the big offensive lineman from Michigan, but wasn't the only twenty twenty six offer. Oklahoma's, uh, I you know, guys, I, I would be interested to see like if you'd have asked me last week who was Oklahoma's first twenty twenty six offer. I like Evanson Malaska from Bethany a lot. I've been talking about him. I watched him at camp last year in Norman. I don't think he would have been my bet. Now, I will say he impressed the hell out of a lot of people. Um, you know, I know um, his footwork and just overall athleticism really stood out to some of the people I talked to, you know, through the two days of camp. And I think he was a little more physical than people were expecting him to be. But um, there, I think there's a pretty strong belief among some on that staff that if he can get into the 5'11", 6-foot range, and his, his older brother is six foot two. Uh, Jossie at um, at uh, Utah, uh, and and for everybody that ever sees his name, it's not Jocelyn like Alo, it's Jocelyn. So just a just a word to the wise there. But anyway, uh, Evanson is who we're talking about, and he is a extremely athletic guy, little undersized uh, at this point, but he's going into his sophomore year. So if he got another inch or so, I think he's right where you need him to be, and I think could be a really good cover corner and some serious track speed, right? Yeah. Uh, talking to some people, I have heard there are some around that Bethany program that think he could go 10-3 by the time he's a senior. Like, he he is an absolute flyer. And not to mention, I mean, I big bro, he was putting in time. He, he got snaps in the Rose Bowl. He got snaps in the Pac-12 championship game. It's not like he's uh, at Utah not playing. I mean, for a kid from Bethany, uh, that's really kind of awesome that he's already playing and already out there. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, and Again, he's one of those kids that, like, if you would have seen him as a, you know, as a uh, high school senior, even as a junior, like, really as a junior, I thought he was super fringy, like maybe North Texas, something like that. And then as a senior, you were like, holy crap, this guy's really, really good. And I know they lost Clark Phillips at Utah. It wouldn't shock me at all if Malaska becomes a starter out there for Utah this year, because I know they're rebuilding some things in the secondary, and... When you're 6'2 and have that kind of length and speed, I, you know, you're, you're hard to keep off the field. When we first walked in there Saturday morning, there were, uh, there were two guys that caught our attention, and it might have been right because we, were, we walked right into basically the tight end uh, grouping or whatever you want to call it. But they did end up offering two guys, uh, and one's already committed, Ivan Carrion, a kid from uh, West Texas, committed to Texas Tech. And there's obviously some news out there about him even thinking about maybe flipping. Yeah, I, I've already put in a forecast, uh, or I, not a forecast. God, again, the nomenclature kills me sometimes. I put in a prediction for uh, him to flip from Texas Tech to Oklahoma, and that's talking to 
frankly, sources on both sides, uh, Lubbock, Norman, it's just kind of the vibe I get is that Oklahoma's in really strong position there. Uh, would give them their third wide receiver commitment with Emmett Jones already having uh, Zion Kearney and uh, K.J. Daniels on board. So that is huge news. I mean, I mean, and literally, this is Eddie. He's every bit of six foot six and 200 pounds. He is an enormous uh, receiver. But, you know, and we would say in years past, like you'd see these big guys, you know, the Jeff Meads, those kind of types. And you wouldn't really find them having much development in Oklahoma. But Emmett Jones has a good track record with some of these big guys, like the Jaron Bradley kid at Texas Tech um, last season had a really great freshman year for the Red Raiders. So I think there is some reason to believe that this can work, that it's not just, oh, it's another big body that's just kind of going to be a, a guy that is out there and can make a few plays from time to time. I, I think they believe this is a, a high-quality guy, and I still think they would like one more receiver in this class, you know, guys like Quasi Gilmore, uh, Zion Reagans. I mean, there, there are several other options out there, but um, I, I would expect him to be part of this class. And he may be back in Norman again. Um, you know, it wouldn't shock me if he's a barbecue weekend visitor, but to my knowledge, that hasn't been set up or anything at this point. Yeah, it was interesting going out there and seeing that tight end group because it looked like you know, they'd put in some time to get body types. Like they, it was almost like a, a real evaluation because all those guys were really long. Uh, they were all pretty lean, so you could tell a lot of more projects. I mean, we're not talking about uh, uh, was it the Devon Mitchell kid. I mean, you know, when you see him, yeah. it's just like, oh, God, that kid's going to be a stud. Uh, or my all-time man crush, O.J. Howard. There was none of that out there. But <laughs> I don't think – if you're looking for O.J. Howard, you're not going to find him out at a uh, high school football <laughs> camp. He'd be maybe uh, there, but I don't know if he'd be working out. Well, the, back in the days, only guy I've ever those. seen like that is Eric Gilbert, the kid that's now at Nebraska after going to LSU and, and yeah. uh, Georgia right. the first couple of years. He is a freak of nature, but cannot seem to get it right. Does Joe John Finley just love the Drover? I think there's, there's something about the great Omaha Steakhouse that he loves going up there for because, yet again, a 2025 Omaha Elkhorn North tight end, Chase Lofton, was uh, offered as well over the weekend. Just be a big athlete in Nebraska, and Joe John's going to offer you at tight end. Like that, like that seems to be the prerequisite. Well, and there's no Nebraska, clear. Right? His brother plays at uh, huh? K State, but he played at Nebraska, yeah. didn't he? When his older brother, who Lofton, Joe John Finley. Oh, Joe John Finley. I don't know. Or he was a quarterback at Nebraska, right? Joe John. Yeah, didn't he have a brother that I'm... played at Nebraska? Or I'm crazy. I, that would I, I, again. It's entirely, uh, it's entirely possible. Clint Finley is his mm -hmm. older brother. Mm -hmm. Did Clint play Nebraska? That is, I'm, I'm uh, yes. Ed Carey is correct. Thank Clint you. Finley, My 2000. God, I thought it was crazy. University of Nebraska. No, well done. I, I had no memory of that. That's uh, George says off camera. I knew you were right. That must have been something that uh, you and Captain Four Hundred Five went over. <laughs> no. <laughs> I used to have I used to have good talks with Joe John. We'd talk about you know his mom was a detective, and we talk about his brother. His dad, of course, was really a lifelong football coach, right in Texas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. I know that is correct. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's he's enough, and his brother is has been in coaching or was in coaching yeah. for a while. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, but yeah, you know they, <laughs> it's it's uncanny, like the the interest they seem to have in Nebraska, obviously Cade McIntyre 
just got to campus here in the last week. I mean, we can talk about some of the freshmen and all the transfers rolling in, um, you know, how the, the roster numbers, that still fascinates me how that's going to play out. Um, but, you know, we've mentioned, um, I, th- I guess we've covered all four of the offers, but one guy, Kerry, or Eddie, that we talked about in the last pod that we really liked during the camp but didn't pick up an immediate offer but has gotten one since is Owen Hollenbeck, the big offensive lineman from Melissa. Um, that, you know, I've talked to Owen. They see him as a center, and that I think we talked about it on the pod. That's where I see him playing. Um, just a big, squat, powerful dude. Is that the big white kid with the curly hair? No, that, uh, no, short, short cut. Hollenbeck okay. kind of has like a little bit of a flatter face. Okay. He just looks like you go, yep, that's a guy that Bill Beatable would love. Yeah, he. If football doesn't work out, I could totally see him being like a WWE star. Like he, he has that vibe. Like he could come out there and feel like a role of the angry Russian or something. Like he's got like a a look to him that you're like, yeah, that dude's a little intimidating. Uh, I want to get to some uh, transfer portal stuff, but first, before that, uh, we should tell you that uh, this segment is brought to you by Enjoy Vision. Uh, It is the Enjoy Vision Fresh fresh Perspective Look Around, uh, and uh, just talking about the transfer portal, uh, obviously, I mean, OU is going to do everything that they can to get bodies on the defensive line. I think that's one thing that we know that we're learning, and they're moving, you know, Jonah Loalo, uh, you know, just trying to find answers at that position I think it's admirable. I mean, I you know, some people might say, well, they're just, you know, grasping at straws, but uh, I don't know how many of these guys can play. I mean, I still think Rondell Bothroyd's probably one of the better guys they've got there. I'm not sure that Grayson Halton won't be the best, you know, defensive lineman at the end of next year, uh, but they're bringing in bodies. It, it's almost kind of funny, too, and I think it was Grayson Halton that put something out on Saturday. Uh, basically just – I think the tweet was just a simple motivated period. Right, yeah. Which, you know, I – I don't know if they're going out to get bodies just to motivate some of the guys that are already on campus, but at the same time, I think, you know, when obviously... Uh, it's a little shot at the guys okay, that they're bringing yeah, in so they, many guys. they got to go get bodies. Like, they're not bringing they're in bodies you just that, to bring in yeah, bodies is what I'm trying to say. They're telling you that we don't think we're good enough at that position. Right, right. And, you know... I, and that's not... that great. That Grayson's not good enough, but maybe they don't think the other guys, you know, are there. Derek LeBlanc hasn't developed, you know, through spring like they hoped he would. Or maybe, you know, just... You got guys like that that... You know, like LeBlanc specifically, that just looks like a monster. Like motivate him. Like that's that's good. I mean, I I don't find anything about this bad. It's it's not bad. It's just what Josh has alluded to. The numbers are janky right now. Like how are they? They're at ninety right now. How are they going to get down uh, by the start of camp? That that again, like it mesmerizes me. I don't know how they're going to do that. Now I will say with. It's interesting with Keon Brown not making it in. That does seem to you, you got to. There's probably four or five guys that I think we could all say if they hit the transfer portal, you say, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Uh, and it's interesting because you look at it when you look at the scholarship chart. They have five senior defensive tackles right now with Isaiah Coe, Marcus Hicks, Jordan Kelly. Uh, excuse me, six: Jacob uh, Lacey, Jonah Lalu, and Philip Paya. And you know, guys, you, you were talking about it like if that is – I don't know that Philip Pia is ever going to have a real role. Like people are asking me, like, what can you expect of this guy? He's played six years of college football. He played four years at Michigan, played in three games, and two of those three were on the offensive line. Like I don't think you should go in with big hopes. But if just his presence gives Grayson Halton a little extra juice all summer and has him a little more ready – 
that he's worth the scholarship right there. Like, the, okay, got it, no problem, that can help. Um, but they, they've got to find some ways through these numbers. But like I said, with they're at 89 now. We all expect the uh, Major Melson and uh, Pierce Hudgens situation to kind of work itself out kind of naturally. So you got two spots left you got to find there, assuming they don't take anyone else, which I don't think any of us think is a guarantee. I think Oklahoma's going to keep looking for help if they can find it. Um, you but, know, yeah, I, you if, know if they can do that, then yeah. You know one thing that has not been brought up, and this is probably not a, a real positive, but what if, and maybe this is something that the NCAA has to start looking at, but with all the collectives and things like that and the walk-ons getting guarantees, like they could basically say, look, you're not on scholarship, but you're going to make twenty five grand a year. Oh, I, th- I think that that's, I don't know for a fact that that's happening in Norman, but I think that that's happening nationally for sure. And I think that that's one way to be able to kind of skate that. I mean, that's. Isn't that what a, as it stands now, what a collective should be used for in a situation like that? Well, that's bucking the system is all I that mean, is. I mean, it is, but I I can't imagine that it's not happening in you Athens can't tell, or Tuscaloosa. Yeah, but you can't tell a kid that's not on scholarship you can't make money from the collective. I mean, it's a workaround, definitely. I don't know. Like you said, I don't know if OU's planning on doing that, but maybe that's how they get to 85, Josh. I It absolutely, I mean, it, it could work. Because, guys, I mean... Do we really think Blake Smith just showed up from A&M to Oklahoma just because he loves, uh, again, like we talk about, like OU's not foolish about their NIL. They're doing some good things. So I I think there are things like that that are absolutely in play, especially like you said, or, you know, I I think the two walk-ons make a lot of sense, you know, because, hey, guys, six months ago you weren't on anything. Now we're going to get you enough to make sure you can at least cover room, board, all that kind of stuff. And we'll take care of that through the NIL. Like, and it, it, it's got to be, it's almost like a perfect meeting because now that Oklahoma can have more say in what's happening with these things and they can have more control, they can, you know, like, okay, this is how we want to do this. We want to take care of Major and Pierce and we want those things to work right and everybody to kind of be happy with how that played out. You know what it takes to pull that off? I mean, it takes a lot of vision uh, to be able to, to think like that, you have to have visionaries, maybe guys that have like perfect eyesight, people like Eddie Radosevich. Helen Keller could have used it. Have I ever told you guys about Enjoy Vision? It's the best laser vision center in Oklahoma City, not even close. The combination of mind-blowing technology, experienced eyeball surgeons, and exceptional patient care was life-changing for me just about a year ago. Enjoy loves me and the unofficial 40 so much that they're giving out $400 to anybody that is interested in LASIK. All you got to do is go to enjoywithme.com. That is the letter N J O Y with me.com. Use promo code U40 for $400 off LASIK. Enjoy Vision. This is where you LASIK. And they will not be giving that $400 to walk ons. They got a business to run. I don't think But maybe so. they should. We can talk to them about it. Maybe set up a meeting. The Enjoy Vision, uh, like, player on the team would never drop a ball because he'd be able to always see it. That'd be a nice, that'd be a, it'd be almost like a competition show. It's like you have an NIL deal from enjoy as long as you don't drop a ball. And or then maybe it goes they're away. just so good on defense because they see everything before it happens that I would rather be the defensive guy too much pressure on dropping a pass. Well, and you know, depending on who throws it, does missing a tackle count? Uh, Josh is gulping well, down true. water. That's true. I, it's a good question. <laughs> Uh, okay. I, Go ahead, Josh. No, I was going to say, I, I love the idea of like, okay, every receiver is on a 
whatever you want the weekly budget to be, this and then each of, week of, you know, it's almost yeah. like Survivor. Yeah, like you, 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 you just climb your way up to like tier one, but then you mm-hmm. can get knocked back down if you drop a pass in the end zone. Yeah, you've got like a pool, and then it all everybody's getting an equal share, and then as each drop goes by, you just you know you survive to the next week. I, I love it. I do think it's it's you know not to get off track with the NIL thing, but there's a lot of stuff going on. Right, I saw where the collectives are meeting with Congress, and uh, I, I know you know ahead of on three, Shannon Terry is is you know standing behind the collectives, and it's kind of what I've said. Like universities, they want to be able to control this, but I'm still not sure that's the best thing for the athletes. And the other thing is, I mean, it's never going to be the best thing for the athlete, right? Because if it was the best thing for the athlete, you could just pay them whatever. And they could operate however they want. They, right. they would be technically employees, I guess. I think they can kind of can with collectives. They can. They can. But they can't also. Yeah. Just as far as uh, employee and stuff like that. What it comes down to is if you are a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback and you're returning, and I won't say the name because everybody gets mad when I do, you're going to make a ton of money if you have the right people. And now I, the thing, I like, think that they are, Like too. the Bear Alexander thing at USC where the kid goes and has a luxury apartment that probably costs $500,000 a year in rent, like that's definitely NIL-funded activity that's meant to recruit players. I don't know what type of place Jordan Addison had, but I bet it wasn't that nice. Oh, like the uh, Bear Alexander kid? Yeah, that's what I was talking about. It, it's okay. I mean, it's just downtown Los Angeles, right? I think that uh, – you know, that other guy, I think he had the same one that won the Heisman Trophy. Oh, did he? I think he had it about the same idea. Yeah, probably so. Now, it was probably, maybe he got the corner or the penthouse It's or right there, like, like, by the Staples Center, Yeah, I think. I think so, like, right across the street. Yeah. Uh, so- I don't know Los Angeles well enough, but the people I talk to are like, you don't want to live down there. That seems great, like, it's a cool view, but it's not where you want to be. It's, I think that the area that they're in is okay, but yeah, it's not. You're not living in Malibu or you know wherever in the mm-hmm. the hills or whatever. Yeah, Plus but of it, all the places you could live in that area, I just don't think that would be in the top ten. Oh sure. Oh yeah, like no doubt. You're. I, I think that the stars go to that place to buy the cocaine. They're you know you're living with the drug dealers. <laughs> the, there's a reason Bear sent that picture out at night. I guess would be the way I might say that. So it, it's not quite. It's a little more bleak when the sun's hitting it. You know, as, as bracing as our boy is over here by Valare, uh, I bet those guys are a dime a dozen, like down on the street in that in that place. Oh, you know the guy that yeah. lives in a little cubby hole. Yeah, over no here? doubt. I I would imagine that it is, and I wouldn't even doubt. I wouldn't like. I don't have to doubt about it or imagine it. I saw it firsthand when we were out there in 2017 for the Rose Bowl, just walking around that area. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. It's an interesting it's area, but bad. it's right by USC, so I imagine yeah. that the commute's not terrible, all things considered. So well, and it was weird. We went, yeah. you know, down to campus to their entertainment, and like that Target place. Mm-hmm. Like it's gated. Like it's you have to like I show think that ID. That's and the stuff. way that USC is, though. I think that the campus. But is I'm just gated saying like they that. have to protect. Oh themselves yeah, that, from USC, vagrants and all that. Historically, been in a oh, bad terrible. area of yeah. town, right? Right. Yeah, that was always that. I remember Anthony Fogel telling me the story about how he was from Houston and. Uh, he wanted when he went on his USC trip. He said, "I want to go to Watts. I want to see it for myself," because that was like in the you know NWA like era where like Watts was like you know that's where all the riots were and everything, and like he thought he had seen everything living in Houston and the projects. So he said he was scared shitless after the t- he wanted to get out of there immediately. Like eh, it was scary. I don't know. It's no Sharpstown, Josh. <laughs> 
You know, Sharpstown is, it, Tiffany always kind of asked me, like, where, where do you go to any places that freak you out? And I'm like, man, I, I don't. Like, I just go where it is, and everybody's friendly to me. I've never felt <clears throat> uncomfortable. Danger. And Sharpstown was no different. But you knew, you were like, man, I, I know if I'm down here, <clears throat> golly, sorry. If I'm down here at this, like at night, this place, I would be uncomfortable. There, there's, there's no doubt. That it's, is not a good part of it's, Houston. It's the only high school uh, practice that I've been to with you where I was like, are these guys going to get hurt? like landing on this ground as there's like nails and like needles and just everything in between on the, on the, on the practice field. Reggie Chavis, I've good kid. Yep. He was, he was, and he was a good interview. He was good to talk to. Like he was a really nice kid. It just one of those things where like I, Eddie, I like, I remember thinking like I must've been really spoiled because I don't remember from little league to the end of my playing career any point on any field, baseball, football, whatever, where there were stickers everywhere. I mean, like, just those kids were getting tackled into sticker patches. And you're just like, how is this where these guys have to practice? And that was undoubtedly not the worst thing on that field, but it was the thing I could readily see. I remember back in the day, Lawton Ike was a little bit like that. Like, way back in the day. That just made those dudes tough. They were good then. I mean. Yeah. Now who's is is Javon Harris coach in there now? Who's the he's uh, yeah he, yeah Javon Harris the head he's coach at Ike. Okay, mm -hmm. well hopefully and and around. they've got they got a they had a running back just pick up an offer from North Texas. He's he seems like he's getting them going back in the right direction. I mean for those that you know haven't followed Javon since he left Oklahoma, he's he's coached in the JUCO ranks. He's coached her in, in Texas. Actually, I, I can tell you, uh, Joey McGuire, now the head coach at Texas Tech, helped him get his first job. Uh, coaching down in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area when he was um, kind of when his playing career ended. He he hit me up. I put him in touch with Joey, and, and Joey Joey did the rest. I, I didn't do anything special other than connect those two. Yeah, I think he was at Coffeeville for a couple of years and then went to, like, Mississippi mm -hmm. or something after that. Yep, yep. And so and he came back, I think, wanted to be a little closer to his family and um, just uh, he got the lot night job, and I, he knew it was going to be a tough job. They had a... Their first year wasn't pretty by any stretch of the imagination, but they've got – I mean, he's got three or four guys that have legitimate Division One potential, including a couple of young guys that are going to be potentially very, very – maybe maybe even OU-level kids. They're, they're very, very good at a very young age. It's about time. Lawton, it, it seems like that was a normal stop for us to, on a, during the spring tour. We would just go down there. It was kind of a known, like, you're going down to Lawton that day. You're going to go hit all three of them, uh, and you're going to see quite a few guys – I don't know if I've been back down there since Jalen Barnett. I, I was Eddie. I think about that all the time because I actually had a chance to see um, Lawton and Lawton Mac in the last couple of weeks. Now I was supposed to see Ike at Choctaw and just, I, I couldn't end up making it over to the, the opportunity that I had, but Max, I mean, Mac hasn't gone anywhere. They're right. still every year going to fire out 10 wins, going to be really tough out probably make quarter semis and 5A. They're, they're just really good. I just don't think they've had that, that elite guy that they were churning out there for a while. Um, Lawton, it's, it's tough times. I, I can't say exactly what's happened. I don't know if Javon is starting to keep more of the guys maybe that used to transfer over for Mike or would live over in the Lawton, uh, you know, Lawton High areas, neighborhoods. But um, it's, it's tough for Lawton right now. They don't look like they used to. And, I mean, people forget – 
in the early years of the Bixby run, Lawton was the team that Bixby was afraid of. That was the team in 6A2 that would push Bixby to the brink. Uh, Josh, you put out uh, your hot 11 from your tour so far. I think maybe we should hit on that. Mm -hmm. A lot of 2025, and you've been talking up 2025 for a while. Uh, but your top two players, a receiver and a, uh, and a quarterback that you just saw recently as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I know Eddie and I have talked a lot about this guy, but there's just no way to say it other than Kevin Sperry is he's legit. I, I, I just want to be real clear with people. Like that's a guy that, and I hate laying down the comparison, but it's just so fresh in my mind and they, they remind me of each other in some ways, but there are some Jackson Arnold because people forget when Jackson Arnold committed to Oklahoma, I think he was like the 125 player in the country. Like, I mean, clearly well-regarded, but not, oh, he's a can't-miss future five-star kind of guy, and he just kept getting better and kept getting better, and that's what I see from Kevin Sperry. Every time I watch him, he's a little bit better than he was the time before, and I, I, I've said it in a couple of stories. I think a few people have caught on to it and mocked me for it because I've, it's basically been a repetition thing. Watching that kid throw outside the hash marks, whether it's a long ball where he's got to put some air under it or really he's got to put something on it, he's got great touch. I mean, just a great feel for throwing the outside ball, really can drive it wherever he wants to. Um, I Again, I, I was a guy that I kept looking at his stats and – as a sophomore, I think he had 57% completion or 55, something like that. And he was 9-9. Nine to nine. He was 1-1 one to one on touchdown interception. You kind of kept thinking, why, why did Jeff Lebby make this guy his guy? I mean, like, this was really where Jeff Lebby put his focus. And I had doubts. But, man, the more I watch him, I, I don't have much doubt. I, I think he's a special guy. Um, the other guy you mentioned is Elijah Thomas, who I've also talked a lot about um, I think the more you watch him and just how fluid – he's one of those guys that you watch him play and he plays like he's about 6'2 or 6'3 and then you stand next to him and realize he's about six foot, but he's just so long-armed and he's such a leaper that um, there is – there's just a ton to like in his game and kind of realize what he can what he can be. But, yeah, I mean, you go down that list and there are just so many um, – 2025 20, guys in the state of Oklahoma that I think are going to be outstanding players. I was really impressed with Jaden Nixon uh, Nickens when we saw him on Thursday. That was the first day of uh, Brent Venables football camp. Yeah, and and that's what's crazy, Eddie, is that like there's, I mean, I I don't think for me at this point in time, and I don't mean this as any any shot towards him at all, but. For me, he's clearly not the number one wide receiver in the in the state of Oklahoma. And almost any year ever, Jaden Nickens would absolutely be that guy. So I think it's just kind of crazy to realize the kind of – again, I keep going back to it. In 2025, and Oklahoma is just so good. I mean, we haven't even brought up C.J. Nixon, who shares the 2025 class with Nate Roberts. Um, you know, if those two – were your tight end class, hey, great. But Oklahoma's working on Devon Mitchell. So, like, uh, you know, we've been kind of wondering, like, when's tight end recruiting really going to take off? And I I think it's going to take something pretty monumental for Joe John Finley not to have a may, maybe the best tight end class in, in 2025 in the country. I mean, like, it's something would really have to change 
because I love the momentum they're making. But, yeah, I mean, Jaden Nickens, Eddie, I mean, you talk about the difference from him last spring or last year when we saw him at OU's camp to now and how much bigger he's gotten, how much more he's filled out his frame. He just not – like, last year you could kind of – some of the more veteran corners would come up and bump him a little bit and push him around a little bit. You're not doing that now. He's 190, 195, and if you come up and do that, he's going to shove you around and then he'll run past you. Uh, you know, speaking of the tight end position, Josh, I will hit you with it just because it just got out there. But uh, Devon Mitchell, the uh, I guess technically California high school football player, obviously went to Allen, and then uh, he's over at God. What's the high school called? What's the, I, I was out there. Los oh, uh, Los Alamitos. Gosh, Los Al. Mm-hmm. Couldn't think of it. But uh, Devon Mitchell has put it out there that he will be making his announcement on July eighth, and you know, it would appear that everything that even somebody like me hears, OU continues to be in pretty good shape for that. They they have felt like almost an insurmountable lead since Michael Hawkins committed. So I think if you keep Hawk in there, he's happy. Everything goes right there. I, I don't see much. I'm, and he's got two other, or two, not two other officials because he's a junior, but he's got a couple other visits set up. I believe it's Miami and um, I'm trying to find the little graphic he put out the other day because I just can't keep all these things straight in my head. There's so much happening right now. But he's got a couple other visits he's going to take this summer. He's going to be at Oklahoma on um, the barbecue weekend, uh, obviously hanging out with Michael Hawkins. So I I really – it's going to take a lot for Oklahoma to lose the the momentum they've built here. Um, And, I mean, Kerry mentioned – guys, I I don't think there's a better embodiment of when when someone – when Carrie gets excited about a tight end and it's seen enough to be like, holy crap, then you know that dude's pretty special. Like, Carrie, you saw him, what, as a sophomore last year? And it yeah. was just like, oh, that guy's different. Yeah. Just built differently from everybody else. I mean, he has a 100%. little bit of the O.J. Howard make and frame. Not as big. Yeah, I would not never as tall. go that far. Yeah, Not as tall and not as defined, but... You see him out there, and it's like, holy shit, that guy's a little bit different. I mean, I, you know, Grant well, Calcaterra was also kind of the same way. Like, you just saw him, you're like, that dude's different than everybody else. And Mark Andrews well, was someone had to turn him into an offensive tackle. They liked Grant Calcaterra so much. So, you know, you got you to gotta be careful on those things. Um, but no, and Kerry, you? you will get a chance to rekindle your affinity for Devon Mitchell because he will be camping the last day on June 15th. Oh, He'll be there nice. that day and then be at the barbecue. So, it, looking at it, I think, it looks like June 13th and June 15th are going to be the two really big ones. Like I've already got, you know, multiple fours and, you know, uh, three and four star guys in 2025, 26 and 24 all confirmed that are going to be there. Um, uh, speaking of one and, and Eddie, I know this one will be of interest to you. You know, Andy Bass is supposed to be at Oklahoma on June 13th, the kid from heritage hall that I know went to, I believe it was the SMU, um, uh, big mega camp yesterday, came in at 5'10", 5'10 and an eighth, 197, ran 4'49 and 4'43 at almost 200 pounds. Like, that's a, that's that's when you start getting to that territory, like, does Oklahoma just take a flyer on this kid because he's such a big, fast athlete? Well, and nowadays it seems like that there it, there's a closer chance of that happening with this staff than there mm-hmm. were in previous years. And, I you know, I think that the – the gamble or, you know, whatever you want to call it kind of paid off with uh, a guy from the same high school and Gavin Freeman. Obviously I don't think he, I don't think Andy has that type of speed, but they are 
similar in some form or fashion. I just don't know. And I've had this conversation with some people up in uh, Northwest Oklahoma City before. Does he want to play quarterback at, in high school, in, uh, in college? And I, you know, I, I think that that's something that even some of the staffs that have come through Heritage Hall here over the last month and a half have, uh, you know, kind of had. It's like, and I, I think even a Syracuse, they basically said, let's just get to get you to campus and we'll figure it out from there. Well, Eddie, to your point, so looking at, and I'm just using the site athletic.net, it tracks a lot of high school track times, that kind of stuff. The best time it ever recorded for Gavin Freeman was 10 8 1. And Andy Bass has a 10 6 3 this year at Plainview, Jeez. and obviously still has another year of high school to go. He may break 10 5. That's like, crazy. I don't think he's just a little bit faster than Gavin. He is considerably faster and 30 pounds heavier. That's like he, I mean, I, and I, th- that's no jab at Gavin. I, right. I, I loved Gavin. He was a borderline top 10 guy in the state for me. I'm just telling you, this guy just speed size he's a more rare combination than I think even that I I think it's surprising me a little bit as I watch him more well all right do we get into the bad and we'll just hit 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 him with it right now might as well might as well Bryant Wesco has uh, committed to Clemson on Tuesday evening hmm. yeah um I I will say literally this morning when there's first or now I think it was yesterday morning I'm sorry it was yesterday morning uh, I believe it was Anna Hickey at the Clemson 24/7 site had put in a, a fork or a future cast or no uh, crystal ball crystal ball 24/7 sorry yeah yeah um, had put in a crystal ball for Clemson and Wesco and I had talked to several people and. I mean, really, over the weekend, it was still like, eh, he's going to go there and he's going to love it, and then he's going to stay with TCU or Oklahoma. No one, and I mean no one, thought this kid was going to go this far from home. Like, Because that was half the deal with Oklahoma, was he was going to get to go and be close to his sister and his mom could come up and see them, and or you know their mom could come see them. I, I, there was no belief, and I'm talking about amongst multiple staffs, that he was going to go that far from home. Like, I, I, I wrote USC off. I wrote Clemson off. I didn't think it. So I will totally take this one on the chin. Like, this is just unexpected. And I, I spoke to a couple of staffs that were as surprised as I am. What like, trainers just no did other we way burn down it. over this one? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, you know, and we, we can – I'm sure someone can find a way to put this on Sean Cooper. I, I'm, I'm sure they're probably already working. Um. But it's just, like I said, Clemson did a great job. I Talk about a weekend. Sammy Brown, Bryant Wesco, and they also landed, um, they had another one that was just, I mean, massive. So they, ha- they are having the kind of run that, that oh, oh, TJ Moore, the uh, wide receiver I saw last, um, uh, last fall at, uh, that was Lewis Carter's teammate at uh, Tampa Catholic. So um, they... They're having a nice run. OU fans, I promise, it's, it's going to happen. You're going to have your day in the sun. It will happen. Bryant Wesco is a brutal beat. I'll fully admit it. That That's one that I think I and everybody else has been counting on being part of Oklahoma's class for months. It just it was foregone. It seemed like it was a done deal. 
And I know there was even some that expected him to commit to OU on the barbecue weekend that was, as of a couple months ago. And then obviously things started to change around early May. So um, we'll see. I mean, we know Clemson has the same rules that Oklahoma does about commitments, taking visits, and how that works. We haven't really seen Brent and how he'll handle a Clemson commitment. Is he going to continue to recruit that guy just like he would? Or is that kind of like the old you know, Bob Stoops, Mark Stoops, and, you know, those kind of rules. Like, I, we don't know what Brent's going to do with that. We haven't seen it yet. Um, but I, my general impression is that Oklahoma's probably just going to look in other directions. Like I said, I think Ivan Carrion is going to be one of the guys in the class, or however we say his last name. I need to speak to Ivan and make sure I get that right. And then again, there's, there's options, Zion Ragens, um, Quasi Gilmore, and there's a few other guys they're still looking at. So I... I I like what this wide receiver class is, but there's no question that losing Bryant Wesco is a real, a real sting for Oklahoma. Yeah, add that on top of Sammy Brown, who I thought was going to be like the greatest interview e ever. That was kind of disappointing to see him go to Clemson. Uh, I, now, I told everybody that would listen he was never coming to Oklahoma, but. I wouldn't listen. It does surprise me a little bit that he went to Clemson. I, I thought it was going to be Georgia. Something, I mean, they've got some something up their sleeve. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying chicanery or cheating or anything like that, but they've obviously put something together recently that's impressive to these kids. Oh, I mean, da, Davo's just um, name, image, likeness, and, you know, the religion. Like, he's, he's just getting it out to the kids. Led so by that's, God uh, or something like that. What was what did he say? Some crazy thing? I don't even know what in, it was. In the, in the, well, he said like, that they had an NIL, NIL program. Is in the right? image of God or something like that? His, like his name, image, and likeness, or something like capital H is something like that. I was like, okay, um, I you know, like I don't get me wrong, like I. I, OU fan, I've had OU fans try to be mad, you know, like oh Brent puts the religious vibe out there too much. I'm like, I don't know what you think most of these kids are doing when they go home. Like most of these kids that, that resonates on a level with them, but at the same time, just pretending that's enough is crazy town. So I, there's, there's gotta be real NIL happening too. So, um, I, and I, I have no doubt Clemson put that together and, you know, Dabo will act like they just chose Clemson because they love Clemson so much. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think we're going to see some more rounds of just, you know, schools that go all out, just like A&M did at the beginning. Like, I, I think you'll just continue to see – I'm not saying Clemson is doing it, but, like, you're going to see some people just, like, who their boosters get together and they're like, we need to really go out and pay through the ass and get everybody that we want. Like, that's just going to be – like, there's going to be one school every year, I think, that really starts making ways because they do that. Until you have a uniform, you know, NIL program. Wouldn't, wouldn't be a bad year for OU to do it. They sure seem like they're in line for some guys if they can, uh, if they can start throwing that, that, ch that cheddar around a little bit. Cheddar. I don't, like, I don't really like, like that. Like I said, I don't that, think they're, they're, they're doing anything to hurt themselves with that. I think they're okay. No. I, yeah. Like, that, oh, but that there's going to be, a, like, there's going to be some. It's like, I'm sure – like Ruiz at Miami's not just throwing. I know he's not throwing money around like he once was. When you go out and you're that bad, no. Yeah, you better see well, some. Uh, he will that, for basketball, probably. Sure. Well, some other sports, maybe. I don't know. I even the baseball team let him down with Texas going down there. And the Cavender twins Gables. just left. Yeah, they they said forget student athletics. Yeah, we just want to make money. 
I Which, mean, that's what they I, have nine commitments in the 24 class, and only two of them are four stars. Like, I, he ain't that, – that, that's not – A, that's not like what you'd expect from, um, oh, Cristobal. But at the same time, that, that is not NIL run recruiting right there. You know, the first school to really take advantage of this will be the school that goes and gets the Saudi investment fund yes. and mm-hmm. just gets them involved. I don't know. Maybe OU. Maybe maybe OU could throw some uh, oil rigs at him or something. I don't know. I think so. Oklahoma's <laughs> got the oil background. I mean, it, there's there's things that make sense. And I mean, I don't care what John Ruiz does. Those guys, you know, can burn his money and not even notice it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we get, we we're we're not blaming anybody. We're just we're just having a discussion. Oh yeah. Oh, no big deal. I can't. I can barely rub two nickels together, so you know that's uh, you know good for them that they can do anything. By the way, uh, want to remind you guys, uh, Prime Shrimp—they are our Saudis. Uh, they they are benefactors. PrimeShrimp.com, go check them out. Uh, it is uh, a fantastic restaurant quality meal in your home. Uh, takes under you know under ten minutes to get it done and on the plate. Uh, just fantastic uh, selection uh, that they have as well. Whether you know you want the Louisiana style. Uh, you can go with their signature seasoning or Louisiana sh- uh, shrimp boil. Uh, also, you know, French Quarter Alfredo, a little little kick with your Alfredo sauce. That's really good. A New Orleans-style shrimp. But here's the deal. Go to their website, primeshrimp.com. Enter that promo code U40, U40. You get 25% off your order of $50 or more. So go pick five packs, uh, have them shipped. You get 25% off. And uh, don't have to worry about all those DoorDash fees and all that stuff. Uh, where you end up paying $50 for a hamburger. So uh, primeshrimp.com, great uh, for the single guy or the family. If you need to make a quick meal uh, for the kids, uh, go check it out. Use that promo code U40, get 25% off your order, $50 or more. All right, uh, I know we have some softball talk coming up. Going to bring in uh, uh, Bob Prisbillo, uh, George, and Eddie will take it over. Uh, But Josh, anything, I mean, uh, I guess we should let people know. One camp this week, then two next week. Uh, so a little bit of a lighter week, but with softball going on, you know, really not a – we're kind of stretched thin as it is, so I'm kind of glad there's just one camp. Yeah, you've got you've got the June 8th camp on, uh, you know, Thursday, depending when people are listening. And then next week, well, it'll be June 13th and June 15th. So um, we're uh, – and, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out there, Kerry, because I just want to throw the gauntlet down. I think we're going to – Try to do something on June fourteenth. Uh, ha- have something kind of cooking for everybody that uh, enjoyed our last YouTube live event. So maybe maybe throw something else out there. But um, there is there's there's plenty happening. Um, and like I said, I think June thirteenth and fifteenth will probably be the two best camps. I think as I look at it now, I see between the two of them about eight nine OU offers already confirmed will be there and I would you know again over the next week I'll keep adding more and more to my list all right guys anything else uh, you want to hit on before we get out of here no baseball season's over yeah. they, they lose in the uh, Charlottesville regional they fought tough though I mean they just yeah, didn't I, have the horses. at the end of the day they lost 11 guys to the major league baseball draft they lost their entire starting rotation and you know obviously the season wasn't what I think a lot of people hoped it would be. You finish seventh in the Big Twelve. You finish under five hundred in the Big Twelve. But at the same time, I didn't you made the NCAA to tournament. You want to come out of there, Virginia? They beat them in the first game. Okay. They didn't even go to an if. So uh, college baseball is crazy. I mean, TCU's playing extremely well right now. They win their uh, 
the Fayetteville Regional. Now they're hosting the Super Regional because Indiana State can't host because Terre Haute is uh, the home of the Special Olympics, and that's this weekend, oh, wow. which is just an awful break for, you know, it's a good deal, obviously, but an awful break for Indiana State, uh, who was coming off of a regional host. So, so where do they end up playing? They're going to Fort Worth. Oh, wow. So, uh, you know, TCU, they, they might have an inside track to get to Omaha. They're playing extremely well. They have a lot of vibes kind of like the OU baseball team a year ago. I don't know if they have the frontline pitching like OU had with Sandlin and Jake Bennett mm-hmm. and obviously Kate Horton, but... Uh, it'll be interesting. Texas is playing Stanford, which is going to be a really good. We almost got the uh, Texas Texas A and M Super oh, Regional, I know. but uh, Stanford ends up winning the the if game on Monday night. So, and uh, they won. Stanford won two games in the final day, right? Uh, well, they won on Sunday, and then they had to beat A and M twice. They okay, won they Sunday, twice, and then yeah. they beat them Monday night uh, to to advance. So, uh, we'll see. I mean, the the stuff with Jackson Nicholas at the end of the year was just disappointing. Awful. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel bad for him. He he played awful. He was he was terrible. He had a he had a bad sophomore season. Eddie attacked uh, George on Twitter too. I saw that. It was interesting. Well, I mean, George is. It was a bad take. It was it was a bad. He, <laughs> that's right. It was a bad take. I was just in the moment. It was a bad. It was take. it was a bad spot I mean, for them. It, it was a bad. It was a really bad spot. But I will say, that was kind of what happened all year. They'd get a bunch of base runners and they weren't able yeah. to score. So. Uh, double plays and double plays. It was just bad because you know outs. Jackson had had been benched and then he came out and he had that he was terrible kind of, double play. Yeah, and he was kind of the and hit the ball hard, just hit him right at yeah. him. So uh, that's baseball, man. Yeah, they're gonna have to rebuild. Tavion Bonds went in the portal today, which isn't good news. Uh, they have to figure out a way to get some guys that I know they want to build the lineup around speed, and that's what Reggie Willis wants to do. But they got to figure out a way uh, to get a couple guys in this lineup that can change a game when it's four to one yeah. and can come up and hit a two yeah. run homer or a three run homer. So uh, it'll be kind of interesting. See how they retool this thing. Obviously they're going to have a bunch of guys back. They were relatively young this year. Um, you know, I don't know if a Bryce Majorin's going to come back. It, I'm ready to Dakota Harris is probably, going. I'm ready to put in my NCAA waiver for two more years. <laughs> let's, let's do that then. We'll I'm get a, back uh, in the batting cage, put up in the backyard. I, I support the, again. I support the idea of uh, getting some steroids. I support. Them. I'm on them right now. Actually, I, I I I I can get them readily. Anabolic. Let's get it. I actually have you. Have, if you do the low George, testosterone George Conte, stuff, right? you have to sign a waiver saying that you will not play professional sports. Well, you're not playing professional. You're playing amateur. I think it says amateur too, but well, just lie. I mean, I'll wait till I get the waiver to quit the steroids. Well, just sign it anyways. Nobody cares. The NCAA won't care. Yeah. What are they gonna do? Drug test a 50 year old man. Probably so. That that you'd probably be the first one that they do drug test, but that's okay. I, I think say that you seem like prime real estate. I mean, there's got there's a lot of. I'll be 51 at least before you do know. Do they I'm drug in shape. test the women's college world series players? Like you always hear Good that, question. like when they go to uh, any NCAA sanctioned event. Yeah, like you get drug tested. You get that's drug how tested. Mitch McGarry got banned for right. A year. Right. I wonder if. I wonder if that should be your first question. Well, I mean, duh. That was Joe Mixon and uh, who else was that they got? Yanked for drug test and had to sit out that whole. Remember. Oh, it's uh, uh, Ramondre Stevenson. It wasn't oh, Joe Mixon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson. Stevenson. That's right. And, and Ronnie, Ronnie Perkins. Perkins. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. I don't. I mean, I'll say this. I, I know softball is coming, but to me, it, uh, somebody else made this comparison nationally today, but I think I made it to you. Like, when you watch Oklahoma play softball, you're not watching women's softball. Like, you're watching a 
a, bo- a breed of softball that is higher than women's college softball. They're just It's so like w- watching UConn play basketball back in the day when their players looked like they weren't like every college, women's college basketball team you watch, like they miss layups left and right, can't shoot free throws, everybody's jacking up. Like UConn, like Sue Bird and all this, like they play like men. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Like They're just awesome. I mean, it, it helps that, you know, as much as people want to bitch and complain about like playing in Oklahoma City and – all that other shit that's out there. It's like they're just better than everybody else. They don't have people running around in the outfield like with knocked knees and the stuff. The crazy thing is, is and I, I can't remember who I was talking to. I, I think it was you, George. How, like, Jordy Ball is not the most, like, physically over-presence type of player. Like, Jenny Finch was a tall, right, like, right. Uh, Montana uh, or Fouts, Fouts yeah, or whatever. Very tall. She's tall. That She's freshman big. from Tennessee that was throwing 76, she right. was tall. Like, Kennedy's, oh, Kennedy Kennedy's insane, huge. Yeah. Not huge. I'm, I'm going to get canceled for that. But, like, Jordy Ball, she's just, it's crazy. Well, she looks like she has, like, 2% body fat. They're just insane. They really are. Guys, and she's the best. You know what that says, argument George says. That, that whole argument reminds me, and it's, it's because I was just up there and I was just having this conversation with some of the coaches. You know, and I know Eddie and I specifically, and Carrie, you know, I know you kind of did too. We grew up on the west side, and you would always hear, well, you know, Jinx Union and Owasso, they're only good because of the numbers. It's the numbers. No, 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 no. Go up there and be around those programs. Like, it is run differently. or it, And it was. Like, there's more and more of the state are adopting a lot of their methodology. Yeah, but like for Mustang, years, is, Mustang is trying to be in that trying. same They're trying. Yeah. They're trying. 100%. Choctaw's trying 100%. to do the same thing. And, and, and you look at it. I mean, 20 years ago, Mustang got dusted. Or no, excuse me. It was UConn with Richard Schwartz that just got dusted in a state title game. And now Mustang, they'll play Jinxon Union pretty tough. Like They'll give them a good run when they play them. Um, so it's it's more interesting than it used to be, but it's just that it, like, the people that try to oh it's about Oklahoma City no it's not no it's not like Oklahoma City doesn't make those girls the best fielding team in the country that doesn't make them the best pitching staff in the country like they're playing on the road playing all these good opponents traveling all over the country and just killing people it's well, not it's got nothing to do with Oklahoma City. Josh, we stopped there during the uh, the spring tour. You don't have to go very far from Hall of Fame Stadium to see a really good program that does it the right way in Midwest City and call Albert. Yeah. Like, they haven't had a problem Absolutely. winning the state championship. Yeah. And again, it's a great and that's program. part of what makes them so scary this year. We know what a wagon <laughs> they are crazy. when they don't have a bunch of D1 guys. They're going to be crazy this year. The, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I, I, I mean, like you know, when I grew up, Lawton was dominating everything, like we talked about mm-hmm, earlier. Sure. Uh, I mean, go all the way back to to Charles Thompson. I mean, the players who was the running back for the Raiders uh, was at Lawton Ike, I think. Uh, yeah. Um, well, they had th- uh, had was it? Well, not there was thrash, Duel Brewer. Trap. There was Duel Brewer. Duel. Uh huh. Uh, but before him, it was a track guy. I think he went to Clemson. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yep. Anyway, is that trap? That's not trap, is it? James Trap. Yeah, yeah. It I know he been. was from Lawton, and yeah. he went to Clemson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ninety-three draft pick of the Raiders. Yep. Okay, uh, and but I mean, there was just guy after guy. I mean, go back to um, uh, Jamal Brown. I mean, yeah. like 
like Lawton had its day, and then it kind of came back with Mac a little bit. But then the Edmond schools started becoming dominant, and then Union, like with Justin Fuente, like that was really the first time you Bottom saw City North. A, a throwing quarterback. <laughs> uh, did they? I'm trying to think. Did they play in the playoffs? That no, Fuente was a lot younger than Sam. He was in the yeah, he yeah, was he, 90s. He's, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he was 95, maybe. At Union. But then, like, the, the Rocky Calamus jinx is when years. everything changed. I mean, that's when the state shifted. Sure. And that Calmus defense, like, people still talk oh, about insane. that defense. It's like the best in state history. And I, I, it probably – I think they averaged, like, 3.5 points per game or something like that whole season. Rocky they just Bright, murdered everyone. Mac McCoy. Yeah. That, that entire jinx team And I'm just sure insane. there were games where, like – because Rocky was a running back too. I'm sure there were games where people were mm-hmm. running away from him. Like, don't touch me. Get away from him. He's going to kill well, you. And that's what Carl Alberts like. Xavier Robinson, Kerry, you've got to see that kid in person. Like, just go watch a game this fall. Like, he is absurd. He's 240 pounds. Yeah, he and looks, is, the fa- is one of the fastest just on guys video, in the field. You can tell that he's built different. This is his lower body. Yeah. Just looks like tree trunks. Yeah. Oh, he looks like a defensive lineman from his lower half, but he can just run, so it doesn't even matter. All right. Uh, well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, we're going to be back uh, with some softball talk coming up next. This Father's Day elevates Dad's style with a gift that's as unique as he is. Dead Soxy Premium Socks. Get a head start on your Father's Day shopping with our special offer, 25% off and free shipping on all orders with the code exclusive sock subscriptions to our weekly supply boxes. There's a perfect match for every dad. Dad deserves the best. Elevate his style with Dead Soxy today. Get free shipping and 25% off all orders. Use promo code SCOOP, S-C-O-O-P. Happy Father's Day from everybody at Dead Soxy. All right, we are, uh, I guess, basically less than 24 hours away from the start of the uh, National Championship Series with Florida State, Oklahoma winning on Monday afternoon. And uh, you guys have been out there, George, Bob. It's been uh, quite an incredible run, beating up Stanford. uh, I guess not really beating them up. But outlasting Stanford, uh, T.R.A. Jennings uh, with the two-run double in the top of the ninth to give Oklahoma a 4-2 win, 51 in a row. And, I mean, this is where they were supposed to be, right? This is, this is it. Everything's out there. Yeah, and this feels like the team they should, they should be playing, too. You know, if, when they played back in the middle of March in Norman, Florida State came, came to town after a three-game set Stillwater, then Tuesday showdown, and... I remember Patty Gasso saying, this feels like a super regional. And in fact, it's better than that. You know, they won up what that feeling was like. It's not just in the Women's College World Series. It's the championship series. And it's the two teams that have clearly been just head and shoulders above the rest of the field the last couple of weeks. And the confidence that was there from OU at Media Day, the confidence that was there from the Seminoles, this should be a heck of a lot of fun. It's been incredible to watch from afar. I can't imagine. Georgia, you've covered the World Series before, haven't you? Yeah, I covered uh, in 2017. Okay. And that was kind of before. I mean, they were obviously great, uh, but that was kind of the beginning of this like run the last five right. years. And I think they were a, a 10 seed that year. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's unbelievable to see kind of where they were at 2017. They had a bunch of young players, and now – uh, where they're at now in terms of the talent, it's it's crazy. But I, I think Bob nailed it. This, these are the two best teams. And I know there was quite a few people in my mentions yesterday when I tweeted out that this is going to be as tough of a challenge as Oklahoma's Yeah, you had the faced. power rankings, Florida State <laughs> yes, 1, Oklahoma yeah. 2, right? 
No, I did not. <laughs> I did not. Uh, but a bunch of people were like, well, they already beat Florida State earlier this year. And I'm like, yeah. by battle. 5-4. I mean, yeah, it was it was a one-run game. And, and everybody's like, well, Stanford is the next best team. And I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't believe that. Do they have a great pitcher right. that was a perfect recipe to maybe beat Oklahoma? Definitely. But you look at this Florida State team. There's a lot of experience on it. There's still a lot of players on that team that OU played just two years ago in the national championship. Um, you know, they've got great pitching. They can score. Uh, their head coach has been here before. I, I believe, didn't she go to OU? She's, yes. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, she, she understands. So, th- this is a group, and, and they talked about it today, Bob. They get a lot of Oklahoma questions in their press conference because it's all Oklahoma media there. Uh, but they, they feel confident that they can go toe-to-toe with Oklahoma, and I, I do think it's going to be a dogfight. Yeah, and I think they, they, they showed it when they came to Norman. I mean, they were, it was one of those first games during this streak where the Sooners had to show some metal. They had to fight back and let us know what they're made of for the 2023 team. And, you know, they responded as they have throughout the course of the entire year. But it's not like the Seminoles are a joke. And you look at Captain Sandercock. I mean, she's she's a star. Sandercock versus Ball Wednesday night. I'm That's going to pretty much, to me, kind of tell, tell the story of where this series is going to end up going and, and credit to Patty and Lonnie, the way they coach to win. Do you remember we were, we were talking going into Tennessee. Would it be Nicole May or Storaco? Like how would Patty assess the situation? Tennessee, of course, didn't Tennessee played. I don't know what the logic was. I don't know what they played for, but it, it didn't work where Patty threw out Jordy Saturday and they run, run ruled them. And Florida State did enough with Sandercock to where it came to Tennessee Monday evening in the fifth inning, three to one. It's like, let's put our ace in. Let's shut this down. Both teams are as fresh as you can be. Both teams are as healthy as you can be. I mean, there's no excuses from either side as we get going. You know, it's kind of interesting that obviously Jordy Balls become like the story for Oklahoma, obviously in the circle, but it hasn't been without running into a little bit of trouble. And it's just kind of one of those things that, you know, I, I'm not doubting her by any means. I don't, I don't know how anybody could, but you play with fire enough. You're going to get burned at some point. And, you know, George, you kind of wrote about it after the uh, semifinal game, just as far as she, it seems like anything that they throw at her, they are, she's able to get out of trouble. But at some point you want to avoid putting runners on first and second. I thought on Monday in the uh, eighth, Eighth inning yes. was seventh or eighth too. Was it? She th- did it. She, well, she did it uh, in the sixth when she came in. There that's was already right. a runner okay, on base. That's and right. The first, and then, then she hit a single right off the bat right. off Jordy. So she that two on no out, and she responds with I think it was a, a ground out. I mean I think Grace Lyons made a great play on a line out on that one. Maybe that was the eighth. I can't remember. I, I get them all confused. But then she comes comes back with a strikeout. Like she's phenomenal in these jams. And I I asked her about that yesterday, Eddie. And she kind of laughed because I was like, there's like you, you sort of enjoy getting in these and finding new ways to get out of them. And she goes, yeah, I just, you know, I just turned my team. I said, we're going to get out of it. And then she does. And it's it's as simple as that. And she makes it sound easy. And it's not. And, you know, you can do that against Stanford, I think. Right. And you could you could maybe do it against a Tennessee every once in a while, depending on where you're at in the lineup. You can't do it against Florida State all the time. You sure. could probably get away with it here and there against them. But eventually someone is going to make you pay. Now, I say that I still trust Jordy Ball 100% to go out there and win them a softball game. And especially, you know, I think it's going to come down to a situation where 
She's pitching on Wednesday. Let's say they win Wednesday. They turn around. She's going to have to come in and close it out. Whenever yep. they win the national championship, I'm going to assume she's going to be the last one pitching for Oklahoma. And I, there is no one in the world I'd trust more than her. Even, even Kennedy, who as great as she was for Stanford, Jordy Ball's been here before. I know she was injured last year, but she there's just something different well, about they, her, man. It's just the way that she operates. I mean, even watching her field the ball and then throw to third base to get the force. Yes. Yeah. I, it was so smooth. And in that moment, if you bobble a ball, it's over. Like that, that runner's getting to third base, and then all of a sudden they have a runner on third base with less than two outs. Yeah, and it's funny when she was talking about just her mindset is keep it simple. Yeah. Don't overthink it. Don't try to do too much. Trust in who you are and what what your abilities are and go and get the job done. I really appreciate just sort of that's been a running theme. You hear it from Patty a lot. She says, like, less is more. If I'm anxious, the team can feel that. Like, just be confident and know and trust that you've done the hard work to get here. Now just go out and finish the job. That was that was almost one of the things, too, that I thought, you know, in that first game, I thought they were a little tight coming out and just Maybe it was the streak. Maybe it's not necessarily the big stage of the Women's College World Series, but it was almost kind of one of those, shit, Kennedy's really good, and now we're up against it. And you saw that almost automatically on Monday. You're down two to nothing before, you know, you can even really settle in. But even then, it was kind of one of those, they're going to be fine. It, it, yeah. it, it, nobody ever really blinked, and I think that that's one of the most amazing things about this entire run has been whether it be the Clemson game or whether it be up in Stillwater against Oklahoma State, uh, you know, wherever, it just seems like they have a belief in that dugout. They have a belief in the, you know, whatever, that they're going to find a way. Yeah, there's a couple things to point to. You know, one, of course, as Patty has said repeatedly, they're not afraid to lose. But the other thing is when they lost to Baylor, 108 days ago, by the time people are listening to this, 108 days ago when they lost to Baylor, that team decided right then and there, we don't like this feeling, and it's not going to happen to us all too often. In fact, it just hasn't even happened ever again. And you can just you see that, yeah, I mean, as long as there's an out left, as long as there's a strike left, they know they still have a chance. And, you know, even though they keep stressing we're not, you know, dependent on the results, we're more about the process, you can just see they, they know that they just keep plugging, keep swinging away eventually something's going to connect. You know, the most amazing thing is we were talking about it. February 19th was the last time they lost. Same day as the Daytona 500. The NBA All-Star Game was the same day. Uh, the day before, OU basketball got beaten overtime down in Austin. That was the Grant Shurfield hit a three. It was seven yep. seconds left, sent it to overtime. The week before that Sunday, the Super Bowl. So, I mean, that's just to put it in perspective how long this thing has been going. And, you know, as, as much as we want to talk about Oklahoma and obviously the 51-game winning streak and the history that they've made on the way, Florida State's won 33 of 35. It's not like they, you know, are just stumbling into this thing, and rightfully so. I mean, I don't think any team would uh, be stumbling into a national championship series. They played really well. They The only loss is what, in the— uh, Super regional, they got beat by Auburn, or the, excuse me, regional the regional. to South They Carolina. got beat by South Carolina, and they came back and obviously ran through uh, Georgia in the super regional. So it's uh, it's just, it's kind of incredible. I, I do think that, you know, going into tomorrow, it's no doubt about it that Jordy Ball gets the ball first. Yeah. On, ball on versus Sandercock. Yeah. They're, I think you. That's going to be tremendous. Go yeah, I think, you, I think you start Jordy. I think they would win with Jordy. 
because they they've also hit Sandercock well before in mm-hmm. their previous matchups. Now I she, think she'll she be pitched two innings. Just, in just two innings on that Tuesday matchup, and that was actually the first team to you to to really go to. Okay, we're going to use a pitcher every one or two innings. Now I don't know if that's just because they were coming off the three game set in at OSU and the arms were kind of tired, but that was the first time we had really sort of seen that through like a real competitive team, not just because you're beating the, you know, the junk out of these garbage pitchers, but this was a legitimate team that now was going, okay, every one or two innings, we're going to go with another look and see if that disrupts their flow. Yeah, I was, I guess I was referring to the uh, national championship two years ago, which again, that's two years ago, but uh, yeah, I think you pitch Jordy. I think that they feel confident in winning that matchup. And again, this team, even, even Kennedy, you, you saw, once they saw her the third time, they were seeing her a lot better, right? You, you had the Torres double that was almost a home run. Grace Lyons, who was, has not been good all postseason, comes up with the big double there in the ninth, and obviously TRA finishes it off. So I, I think they'll eventually, you know, I think Sander Cock will come out and play well. It's that second game that if OU wins the first one, what does Florida State do? Because I think it's obvious OU brings in Nicole May, who I, I know she gave up those two runs, against Stanford, but she was spectacular the rest of the time she was in there. 13 retired in a row. She allowed OU to you know, start figuring out Kennedy, start figuring out Vodder, got Vodder out of the game. So um, you know, I would assume that's, that's the way they go. I don't know where Florida State would go. Maybe Leonard, uh, Bob? No. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I know they also did against Tennessee yesterday. Uh, what was it? They pitched like three different pitchers, I think. So that, that's something that they could also throw at OU. And that's something that Lonnie talked about today is that pitcher by committee is, of course, because that's what we're seeing throughout the entire sport where gone are the days of, you know, some like Paige Parker just willing you through the entire tournament. And the, the adjustment for Sandercock to go into this year saying, you don't have to throw 200 innings. We're going to get other people involved. So that we reach this point, everyone's fresh, everyone's ready, every, everyone's had a type of moment to let them know they belong on this stage. And I think, you know, when they swept Clemson, that to me kind of turned their whole season around. Because Clemson, you know, it was like 37-1, and one. they were in ranked 2 or 3 in the entire country. And, you know, after losing 3 or 4 to OSU and the Sooners, start to wonder, was FSU, you know, top 10 good? Or top five good. And then when they swept Clemson, they got on this roll that basically they've been on for the rest of the season. Tiari Jennings, anything else to say about her and her performance on Monday? Go up to the plate 0 for 4 with uh, two strikeouts. And then, you know, it, it, I I don't feel bad for Kennedy because, you know, obviously it's good that Oklahoma won. But she made two bad pitches against Oklahoma. The one... Uh, Last Thursday, they got singled into left field. And then, obviously, on Monday, the one that she left over the plate, and Tiara Jennings goes the other way with it. And, and that's all it takes. And that's why there's so many times you hear uh, head, uh, head coaches say, so-and-so threw a really good game. It's like, you're going to have a bad pitch or two. That, that's going to happen. And, and Patty was like that with, with May. It's like, this was tremendous. This worked out exactly the way we wanted it to. Okay, okay, up to two, the – the two run homer. That's you can live with that. That's good. we're going to be just just fine here going forward. And the, you know Jennings is just so soft soft spoken and just you know never a bragger. You know just not a bone in her body that that's anchored like, like that. It's like the real insight you got from her was just she shortened up her swing like she choked up. She was like all right, there's two strikes, 
what do I need to do to get this in play to bring bring a runner home? And that was the adjustment that she made because she had looked foolish. She looked bad in the couple of at-bats, and that, you know, hurt Stanford, you know, not back down. Like, you know, Kennedy had Tiare's number those first two games. So, yeah, walking Jada Coleman sounds strange, but we would do it again just based on what we had seen through those first two contests. Yeah, I mean, I didn't disagree with it. I thought they were going to walk – both of, uh, both of them, because then it was er- Erickson was up next. I, that's what that, I'm sitting here watching the uh, the game with Kerry, and we kind of thought they're going to just walk both of them, load the bases, maybe you get a force out anywhere, and right. then you get to Erickson. Yeah, I mean, I I I don't know. I don't want to. I mean, Stanford played great, and and you know, I, I I think they had a good strategy. I just I thought they made a mistake there, but it's just that just again speaks to the greatness of this team is is there is no easy outs, and 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 I think they're also it, it's. It's cliche to say there's a lot of cliches with this team, right? Uh, Pressure is a privilege, you know, stay where your feet are. But they always they always stay in the present. I mean, even Tiare, she was 0 for 4 going into that two strikeouts. And what does she say after the game? Just keep swinging. Uh, She's not worried about the previous at bat. So it's just it's impressive. Also, I pulled up the stats from the game earlier this year with with Florida State. Uh, Sandra Cock pitched two innings. She gave up three hits and one run. Uh, And then. Storaco started that game. Gave up three uh, run homer to Dak. Yeah, she had yep. five. She she gave up five hits. Ball closed it out. Three innings pitched, only one hit given, no runs earned. So, um, in six strikeouts. So yes. Jordy Jordy had their number, which means she has everyone's number pretty much. So it, it'll be fun to watch. And and again, I'll I'll take Jordy Ball over anybody any time of the day. But Sandra Cock is is one of the best in the country. Not to say that they absolutely need her to get going, but. You almost wonder if a, a big swing like that can get somebody like a Grace Lyons going offensively, uh, get a little bit of confidence going up into the box. Yeah, and we'll see where she ends up in the lineup on on Wednesday. The One of the craziest stats, uh, Ryan Aber brought this to my attention a couple weeks ago, so now I've been following it too. No batting order has been the same in the entire 51-game run. That's crazy. Sometimes it's the same, you know, nine nine players. Sure, but they're all in a different spot, and so we'll see what is happens. That, has has Patty been asked about that? Is that something to keep? I don't I don't know I about a know scouting that. report, <laughs> but I guess when everybody is hitting as well as Oklahoma is, minus a Grace Lions, uh, it really doesn't matter. Like you're not being able to pitch around anybody, and maybe that's what they're trying to do. It's just insane that sometimes where you place them in the order ends up being exactly where you needed them. You know, you you always got Jada and Jennings, you know, one, two, and then, you know, here lately it's been, Hey, uh, Lee at uh, three, but four through eight, a lot of times you don't know. And it's like, how did she know that it had to be Kinsey Hanson had to be up against Clemson or, you know, just like you look back and like, how did that lineup work out? So that so-and-so was up in this type of moment. But it's really been just a crazy stat to think about. And that's you've had Grace in the eight hole multiple times. We'll see, you know, where they end up going with her uh, Wednesday. But you know that she needed that so, so badly. It, I mean, credit to her. It hasn't affected her defense the entire time. And she's made, you know, she makes those great plays look routine so whether they don't even stand out. But the fact that she was able to get that double, I mean, you, 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 we'll see if that can carry, can, uh, carry over for her. She makes everything look so easy. I, she made a couple of plays, like just tracking down fly balls into left field, into shallow left field, that 
I don't know. I don't feel like that's an, a very easy play to track off the bat, and she just makes it look incredibly easy. And that's that's the defense, and that's usually the difference maker. When you look at some of these games in the last you know, couple weeks or last month, it's like maybe the pitching isn't always on point. Maybe the batters can sometimes can struggle at the plate, but the defense never flinches, and that just always – they don't give – extra outs and they take advantage whenever you give OU an extra out and we'll we'll see if that plays a part you know you know you have to play perfect against the Sooners and see if that that weighs or wears down Florida State whatsoever here during the next couple nights is that a and I don't know if this is something you could be able to tell but Bob you've been around them all season is there like a weight lifted that they are in the championship series that, or do you get the sense that this has been the plan all along and they just want to win two more games? This has been the plan. You know, they had to get through February, March and April. And they all talked about that. We got to get to May. We got to get to May. Well, May showed up. They brought their best and the opponents have brought their best. You, you know, I don't think OU has like slept walk through some of these tight games. It's just been very competitive action with, other teams playing their, you know, best of their best going against OU and making OU show just how good it really is. But, I mean, this is these are the moments that they've been waiting for. These are the moments that they've come up big time and time again during the last couple seasons, and they're ready to do it one more time. Anything uh, stick out from the press conference on Tuesday just as far as the final words that were kind of thrown out there? I know that Jada Coleman kind of went off. I saw the clip of uh, – her comments just talking about, you know, people bitching and complaining online. I, I'm i kind of done with the OKC talk. I'm kind of done with uh, people getting up in arms about whatever they are getting up in arms about. Yeah, I kind of started that today, too. Did I, you? I had the, well, I had the leadoff question. Uh, shout out Nate Fakin. And I just asked uh, Alyssa and Jada about when they walk, they, like, throw their bat. Sure. They get really excited. And I just said, how does that maybe rub off on the team and, like, how important – those walks are and both of them kind of took it as like well I don't even think they did it was and then Patty answered and Patty was like they are unapologetic in the way that they celebrate which I think is great I mean I think it's great for the sport it's what makes the sport so much fun right. and and Grace Lyons went on to clarify later because Ryan Aber followed up and, and asked a little bit more about it you know she said it's not directed at the other team sure. it's it's to spark our team it's to get the fans going like that's what it's about uh and, and there's I mean Bob, I don't know about you, but any sport I've ever covered, I've never seen better sportsmanship than I have in softball. And I know some people don't want to, you know, hear about sportsmanship, but there is. There's there's a respect factor between these teams. They love playing the sport and they're passionate about it. And I do think there is a double standard. And and these girls are are Grace talked about it. This is a hard sport. Uh, to get a walk is a big deal. To get a big hit is a big deal. Like let them celebrate the way they want to celebrate, and I think it's I think it's great for the sport. I think it's what makes Oklahoma City so much fun, and I think it's why it's one of the best sporting events I've ever covered. Maybe Danny Cannell will come back. It is <laughs> oh, the Seminoles again. Please. I forgot about I that. I forgot about that, but I I think I probably am gonna have to unmute him over the next couple <laughs> days just to make sure that what was that? It was it was twenty one. Yeah, and it was twenty one. The, the last same, time they yeah. played, right? And it was Donahue actually. I think that kind of sparked That's it right. because she made the big play in outfield, and yeah. she also had like a couple home runs. I think I I don't remember, but she obviously was very um, animated. I remember and specifically it was Jada Coleman as Jada a Coleman. freshman. Yep. 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 
He so, did not uh, like it. He he was very upset about that. And, you know, God bless him. I, I'm excited about it. It's kind of, I guess, been a culmination of an entire season. I do think it's it's insane that as close as both of those Stanford games were, they won both of them by two runs. Like as as and maybe that just represents the dominance that uh, you know, Oklahoma softball has been in a way. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, over the next three days or the next two days, uh, there will be a lot of talk about just kind of where this team fits. I know that Jessica Mendoza was on ESPN this morning, kind of comparing them to the Yukon softball dynasties, basketball, you know, or uh, yeah, basketball dynasties. I like Patty a lot more than Gino Ariyama, but at the same time, it does feel like they are on the verge of really making that statement that, Hey, this is probably one of, if not the best softball teams ever, ever played. I and, think, I think it is the greatest team and if, I, if they win it all. And I like that they have to go through Florida State to yeah. do it yeah. because this is a worthy final challenger. Yeah, Florida and, State's and, been great, and, and that's what Patty was said too. Is like, you know, we love that game in March. We what a great atmosphere, and you know, we're a different team, but they're a different team. And this is not going to be like a run rule back to back. This series is over. It's like this is going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be a battle. Heck, you could hear the Sander Cox voice when she's there. This is going to be a lot of fun. This yeah. You know, I like, mean, and they're is, all they're They are ready. Offensively, this is the best offense that Jordy Ball will have faced too, right? 22 hits and three softball or uh, three games for uh, the Seminoles at the Women's College World Series. Five home runs, a number of uh, singles, a bunch of stolen bases. Yes, they like to get people that's moving. That's going to be what's going to be interesting because Kinsey Hanson hasn't had to do much during you know the, these last couple weeks. And Florida State's gonna going to test you. There's well, no I, doubt about that. That's kind of where it goes back to ball. It's like she's been she's allowed a lot of base runners in her appearances. Not a lot, but there has been traffic on the bases as compared to nothing when she pitches against anybody else. And I'm going to be interested to see how they kind of handle this uh, different challenge. I guess they're obviously better. I think that you know anybody that is picking the series probably going to lean towards Oklahoma unless you just want to be a little bit different. But, uh, you know, this is the best team that they've probably played here over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and that's why it's going to be so, so fun. It wasn't like some team snuck their way through. It's like, how did they end up in the championship series? We said it going in, we thought it was OU, Florida State. We said it last week, we thought it was OU and Florida State. And it exactly worked out that way where they didn't even need the if games like okay these are the two dominant teams of 2023 let them go at it when Florida State hasn't even really struggled it feels like you know they've they run they run rolled Oklahoma State uh who'd they beat in the comfortable against Washington yeah didn't dominate but comfortable and then Tennessee they looked pretty dominant yesterday against them and and you know I think Tennessee's a really good team too so yeah it's the two best teams and and I do think if OU finishes it off, like I said, I think they're the greatest team of all time. I thought last year, I'm looking at last year's team. I forgot they only lost three games. Yeah. I mean, they were 59-3. Right. and three. It just wasn't those long, you know, 50-game winning streak. They yeah. <laughs> broke, broke them up there. You know, the, the wild thing to me, too, is just the fact that when you look at what they've been able to accomplish, I, I hope that people have grasped how good the run has been, how historical the run has been to a certain extent uh it just doesn't seem like they just seem so unflappable at times like there is nothing that presents a challenge to them that they go this is it 
we'll just repack it up and then get back out there tomorrow. Like, and, and I think that's the biggest challenge for Florida state is in, we're talking about a series. We're not talking about a, a one-off game. You're going to have to come back and you're going to have to do it again. Yeah. Something that they haven't done all season. That's something Patty mentioned way back when, when we're talking about Baylor second time around, we don't want any team to beat us twice in the season. Well, if that doesn't happen for this, this week, they will be the national champs. It's been awesome. It's been a lot of fun. You guys have done a, a great job out there at the, uh, Hall of Fame Stadium, it's been, uh, I don't know, it's just kind of one of those things. I think that you, when you follow Oklahoma softball, uh, it's just kind of built in that you're going to be there for the extended week. Uh, and, you know, I, it's, it's just, it's been a lot of fun to read all the, uh, the stories that you guys have done out there. Uh, the crowds, I would imagine, over the next two, three days at Hall of Fame Stadium. Oh, you was going to play at incredible. night, finally. There's been a lot of people, right. of course, that were upset. Sure. We weren't. Sure. We didn't mind 11 sure. a.m. start, but not all all these games are going to be at night. And so it'll be a different type of atmosphere where, where Florida State's been at night the, yeah. the entire time. I'm not saying it's going to mean right. anything. I'm just saying it'll be maybe even a more electric feeling. The one thing that does kind of suck about all of it is it's going up against the NBA Finals on Wednesday night, but... I, you know, I, I would like to see this thing eventually. I think Richard Deitch threw it out there yesterday that, you know, eventually it'd be awesome for the sport if they could end up putting the championship series on ABC. I understand that there's some scheduling there, though, with, uh, you know, the NBA finals and you're the heart of middle of the June. So it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Anything else from uh, as we wrap this up for uh, softball coverage? It's it's here. I mean, they they it's out there in front of them. Are you going to come, Eddie? I think I might come out there. You guys were talking about, uh, you know, being able to get some dinner out there, and I think I might have to now. Yeah, bring some natties. I I tried last time, and I got it in, I guess. I just, I don't know. I don't want them to, they might have an eye out for me this time, though. There's going to be a lot of people. Oh, and make sure we got the Sleep Eat Run Rule Repeat shirts on, uh, on deck. We're actually, I don't know if you can see them in the video, but... Uh, we're almost out of them, and we got the women V-necks. We got the uh, you know youth sizes, and then obviously everything else that uh, has been up on the site. But it's been an incredible, uh, I guess, response or whatever you want to call it from everybody. That I mean, to think that we've gone through a couple like full orders of these things is pretty cool. So maybe they'll get uh, another run rule in. Yeah, that would be that would be prime. That yeah. would be prime if we could get one more run rule out of this. Although uh, Patty on Tuesday. Warned, this isn't going to be a run. Don't series. expect it. I didn't that expect means that it means it's going to happen. That means it's going to happen. That's is that like some psychology <laughs> stuff with her team that she's really trying to put a little bulletin board up there? I mean, I when going into the tournament, I was like, oh, they'll. And of course, you know, I didn't. I didn't realize that Kennedy was just this monster um, that she is. But I was like, well, if any, if they're going to run roll anybody. It might be Stanford, and of course, it's Tennessee that they run roll. So who knows if they could? They they might run roll them. Who knows? I would guess not. I, I don't I would, think so. Either. I would say buckle in because, uh, you know, the next seven or 14 or 21 innings are going to be pretty intense, kind of like those Stanford games were, uh, where you're basically you're one hit away from losing a game and having to come back. Now, it's kind of the same thing as the Clemson uh, Super Regional. Even if they were to lose that one game against Stanford, I have no doubt that they were going to come back and they were going to win the afternoon if game. Yeah. But. In the back of your mind, I think with the streak and everything that goes into that, you just want to kind of take care of it and have a clean performance. So, all right, boys, we appreciate it. 
Thank you to everybody for listening to this week's Unofficial 40. We will be back next week when we wrap up uh, softball, obviously recruiting, and uh, everything of the like as we enter the middle of the summer. We'll talk to you then.